time to not be Black History Month, like it's Black Future Month. To me, the solutions to the grand majority of the world's problems yeah. are fixed with a proper education. It made it easier to just keep a smaller circle. Never thought about that. That's exactly why we're doing this, right? Yeah. We all need yeah. to learn. I had never thought about that. Man, that's a powerful question that not a lot of people ask. Um, so first, thank you for asking a good question. Like I did it for mental health. Wow. Straight up. Great sit down. Spotify, come get this kid. My purpose in life is to leave my dent in the universe in absolutely everything I do, as well as to inspire and help others do the same. For someone to leave their dent in my life is a privilege. For me to leave my dent in someone else's life is an honor. But to inspire and help others leave their own dent in the universe is an indescribable feeling. I plan on doing this through this podcast by celebrating my guests and inspiring my listeners, all while leaving my own dent in the universe and helping others do the same. My name is Fer Andrade, and this is Denting. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Denting. Today, we have a very special episode, special guest as always, but a special episode of this time. For the month of February, for those that may not know, it's Black History Month, and today I'd like to celebrate that by celebrating black excellence with a student athlete that is amazing, Reese Whitley. Thank How you. are you? Thank you. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah. Um, for, for those that may not know you, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. So uh, my name is Reese, um, current senior on the men's swim team at Cal, um, studying business, um, and still don't know really what I want to do post. Um, but yeah, um, from Philadelphia, Philadelphia area originally, um, and yeah, I uh, committed to Cal when I was like seventeen or so, which is is late. I was I was late, um, I guess comparatively till now. You got like fifteen year olds committing now, but no, I have had a blast um, over these past like three and a half years. Um, so yeah, awesome. <laughs> that's about it. Awesome. It's it's really great to to have you here and. I mean, this project is something that I really believe in, and it's great to even have you on. And um, I mean, I think by the time this is out, the video will be out as well. So, yeah, like yeah. working with you, working with Maya, it's it's amazing. Um, and I'm really excited about this. You know, yeah. so for for those that are watching or listening, this isn't. I mean, it is an interview, but it's not the typical. We're focusing on, like I said celebrating black excellence and just understanding that so today i'm here for reese to tell me about his story but also teach me more and for me to learn more and later on we'll get into how this ties into denting um but yeah just for starters what does black history month mean to you um you know that's changed over time um and as i've gotten older and it's funny because when I first looked at the prompt, um, I, I definitely had to think about it. Um, and I I don't agree with the majority of what Kanye says. Uh, <laughs> but I, I found something within the past like couple weeks. He said it's like time to not be Black History Month. Like it's Black Future Month. And I, it was like, oh, damn. Like Kanye, like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> like that's kind of like he's kind of onto something there, um, because I feel that Black history obviously should be ingrained just in our general understanding and like our daily 
basis. Like, it's something that shouldn't have, like, just a month. Like, it should be just ingrained, like, within everybody's conscience. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course, um, of course. Like, in an ideal world, right? And I think, you know, Black History Month is is great because we do need to learn about the you know, black leaders in all spaces that came before us that laid the foundation for, you know, a lot of what we have now. But at the same time, it's like you don't want people who are doing beautiful things in their black communities to be history. Like you want it, you want them to be known now, like while they're hot and while they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's definitely changed for me. And it took me a long time to kind of realize like, geez, like, there are a lot of people in a lot of different spaces that don't get recognized because a lot of people obviously focused on the past, which is, again, great in its own right. But I'd like to see people move towards celebrating black excellence in general, whether past, present or future in the month of February and beyond. Beyond, Yeah, that's, yeah. that's amazing. And I didn't see that from, from Kanye, yeah. but that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Black Future Month, that's... Yeah, that's yeah, great, yeah. and I think that it it is important to be open to new understandings. But like you said, I mean, there's one phrase that I use a lot in this podcast. It's study the greats to one day become one. Yeah. So I personally personally do believe in studying history, Absolutely. and I enjoy like the history. Absolutely. Not only for for this month and or this theme, but for everything. I think yeah. that I mean, all of our decisions are made up from the past. You know, you have to study mm-hmm. history to know what's coming up. Absolutely. But at the same time, like you said, we got to celebrate today and plan for the future. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is exciting because it's exactly what you're doing. It's exactly why we're here, you yeah. know, so yeah. so that's that's awesome. Going back to what you thought of originally. Yeah. When's the first time you heard of Black History Month? I mean, I mean, I, I, I've always known it, right? Because like I grew up in a black household, like I have black parents, so. I mean, Black History Month was always something, like, important to us and just, like, being in the Philly area because, you know, you have MLK Day, like, right at the end of the month and then it's uh, right at the end of January and then you go right into Black History Month. Um, And people, like, my parents at least first, like, exposed me to Black History through, like, like, their parents because they were fortunate enough to, you know, obviously have, like, humble upbringings, but eventually get themselves into higher education and working in the government and, and education um, and being, you know, the first XYZ in a lot of their spaces. So that's how it was. Re- it was really cool because um, not everybody, not every black kid at least gets to have that experience where they learn about people like within their own bloodline that actually, you know, did very in- incredible things. Um, and, you know, foundation, like foundational things, um, in their own spaces and we're trailblazers. Um, but over time, you know, I went to a pretty, like I went to a typical like East coast prep school. Um, and it was predominantly white. So we quite frankly, didn't learn a lot of black history, like in the classroom. Um, which I, obviously like didn't, I didn't really realize it like in the moment, like you're not, 10 years old, 11 years old, like thinking about it. And especially because I had it like at home, like my parents kept me educated, like all the time. Um, that was just like, it was a part of like who I was, but over time, as you get older, like 
it starts to show yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> like in other people in other people and like the people that you're around and it's like damn like we really don't <laughs> about any uh black people straight up yeah. um and so black history month means means a lot and I've, I've fortunately um i guess for better or for worse have been put in a position to where you know, my career in a predominantly white sport is seen as black history. Um, and, you know, in the swim space, you know, black history month, I'm called on to do a lot of things. And in the sport of swimming, I probably will be in black history. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's a very important month to me, um, that people feel the need to, um, obviously educate themselves on what the people have done and where things originate. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, like I said before, like it's, it's a, there are so many people doing beautiful things like right in front of us that will never be known. Um, and we can't, we can't lose those people. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that this has been a norm in your household as for as long as you can remember. You've also mentioned right now that you are making history yourself, which I mean, for those that may not know Reese, it, it's not him being cocky. It's just straight up what it is. Like, that, it, it's just, it's just, it's facts, you know? Um, but, and you also mentioned that there are people in front of us making history in the present, you yeah. know? How do we celebrate Black History Month? And how can we celebrate these people? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I, if I had the answers, like, I would, I would, I would not be here, <laughs> you know. What I mean, um, but I think I think we can just like read, okay, right? Um, and it's hard because we're like busy college kids, or at least you and I are. So it's hard. But nobody said change like would be easy. Like they've never said change was gonna be easy. Um, and it take it takes commitment, and that's like that's where real change happens. Is like if you're willing like to commit to sitting down and say, you know, Fernando wants to sit down and say, Oh, I want to, I want to learn more. It's like, well, how do you learn more? You go into the media and you, you read about it and you maybe have to go into a history book or two to see where you get the base from. Right. And then it just becomes like over time, if, if you are committed and if you are interested in black excellence, it's something that will be a part of just your, conscience because we're like we're all accustomed to things that we're interested in and that we enjoy like I could chat to you about swimming forever because it's part of it's part of what I do um or you know sitting down and reading the Wall Street Journal is like something that I try to do on a frequent basis um and being ingrained in black culture and black media is something that people can very easily do nowadays if they're willing to commit to it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, people are smart enough to do with that what they can. Um, but I, I, I would say just, like, reading and just, like, having an open mind. Yeah. The open mind and being willing to learn is super important. I think that something that I say frequently is that, to me, the solutions to the grand majority of the world's problems Yeah are fixed with a proper education. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it really is. It sounds super simple. I just said it in one sentence. It doesn't work uh, that no, way. It's definitely not just one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> but 
but it is important and I, I love that you said that. I mean, I think that it's reading in the history as well. And we'll touch more a bit about uh, the history in, in a bit and why and how it ties into maybe a swimmer's life or, or something like yeah. that. But for now, to my understanding, as part of a minority group as well that is celebrated for a month in the United States, to my understanding... We celebrate minorities because of the obstacles that they have faced. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if that weren't the case, there wouldn't be a specific month yeah. for it. Yeah. It's like yeah. celebrating them because that hasn't always been the case. Absolutely. Celebrating because mm-hmm. there needs to be more awareness and that's mm-hmm. like the start, you mm-hmm. know. So in one of your videos, mm-hmm. which I mean was from last year, that's like what I went off of for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. For those that may not know. Reese made a video with Uninterrupted. Um, I believe it's titled Dear America, and, and he yeah. just addressed the the country, and that was seen by many people. Yeah, it was it was that was crazy. Yeah, um, twenty twenty was crazy. It well, it was, yeah, like oh, in general. So that was well, it, it was almost two years ago, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. So which is crazy I, to say. Right? Yeah, I I thought it was <laughs> a year ago. Anyways, yeah, I mean, we all know what happened. The year was twenty twenty. You mentioned from the very beginning, and you just mentioned right now where you were raised and what your yeah. life was like. Um, but you mentioned in the video that you were always unapologetically black. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? And for context for everyone, you grew up in a white, affluent uh, Quaker community and a yeah. predominantly white sport, which is swimming. Yeah. So what does it mean to be unapologetically black in that community? Well, I think it's not, it's definitely not specific or it's 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 it is specific to individuals so i i like wore my blackness on my chest in my own way um but i have a bunch of like black classmates black kids that i went to school with who are in the same academic space that i was in but not in the same athletic space so they express their blackness in their own ways um so i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's like a universal form of being unapologetically black. I think that's, um, for me to say that would just be to generalize, which is not, not the goal. Um, but for me, like, I mean, swimming is a very like revealing sport, right? Cause you're out there, like you're almost naked <laughs> on like us on a block or like, in front of you better hop in a walk in the water which is an element that not everybody is comfortable with um and i'm i'm large and so like i was just kind of out there sticking out like a sore a sore thumb when i only really had intentions of just like being around good people good coaches and wanting to see self-improvement in myself and something that i you know just all i knew was to enjoy it um, and I think for me, it was just like, a not, not like listening to people, you know, cause it's just like you, you grow up in a city like Philly that's dominated by like football and basketball and, you know, from age seven, you know, you're getting asked like, why the hell don't you? And it's just like, cause I don't. and it's like you you get to a point where it's like you're 12 or 13 and you're starting to like pop off a little bit and it's like damn like i wish you could just like see me do my thing yeah 
because then like you like you get it <laughs> that's interesting um but i mean people are curious right and sometimes it was curiosity sometimes it was ignorance but regardless like i kind of i had to wear what i was doing like on my chest and in the way i introduce myself to people it's a it's a part of of who i am so you know, I can't lie about the sport that I play. <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of got to go out there and get it. Um, so I think for me that that's what being unapologetically black um, was and just being uh, honestly comfortable in my own skin. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I hadn't put two and two together with Philly being like football and basketball, and then those questions that could oh, come Philly's up for you. Intense, man. Yeah, no. and, and for for, for those that intense. I mean, I feel like it's just not as obvious because the cameras are like gonna align us. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. for those watching, um, also listening, but watching, you can see it. We are not the same height. You're, you're like, <laughs> I I believe you're an entire foot taller than me. Um, what are you? I'm so I, on a good day. I'm six ten. All right, he's six ten. But we I'm, got we got dudes on the team now that are are huge. Ever oh, since I, ever I since our assistant coach Chase Kreiler came in my freshman year, um, we have just recruited so big. So we got like I mean, the average height of the team has to be six four at least. That's crazy. Six five maybe because I mean we got two two guys that are six nine six ten. We got at least five more that are six seven. Or like six six plus, and you got a bunch of dudes who are like, I mean six two is like normal. Yeah, on it's the, normal on the squad. So it's just like, yeah, you forget about it sometimes. You, you forget about it, but <laughs> but what you were mentioning about your presence and like it just being obvious, like I don't think the people here are gonna understand yeah, how yeah, tall yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the context, like. That's how I even got to know you. Like yeah. you're walking around campus and you see a guy that's six nine, six ten, yeah. looks ripped. It's like, yeah, I mean, he has to be an athlete. And then yeah. they're like, yeah, he's a swimmer. And it's like, wow, yeah, amazing. No, that was definitely a culture shock coming to Berkeley too, because I, I like in in coming to Cal, like I wanted to be a, in a space where nobody like knew or cared like who I was. Like all I wanted to do was like grind, like with the team. Um, and I didn't realize just how, like, like you don't, I guess, realize that like when you go to school in California, like you're just very, it's very open. Like Berkeley is a very open campus. So a lot of people see you walking around kind of doing your thing on a day to day. And so I had to get used to like, you know, the, uh, the stare and the side eye, like what? And so that was, that was tough freshman year. <laughs> but, it, it's not every day you see someone this tall. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what happens in new places i guess but i just wanted to clarify it, it, it the same thing happened when bjorn came here yes i was like yes. yeah like for context people like this guy is like almost a foot taller than yeah. me like that that was the context but anyways <laughs> go, going back to what the real importance is um you you mentioned ignorance and yeah. um even curiosity yeah. which i think personally there's a extremely fine line especially yeah. growing up in schools very true that are predominantly white. I, mm. I also went to private schools and like preppy schools and predominantly white. And I get maybe like the idea that you're mentioning, obviously I didn't experience it exactly the same way, Yeah. but I mean, I get 
the comments and what could be said and sometimes it's curiosity but mixed with ignorance yeah. and that just tends to happen you said that you got past it by not listening to people in mm-hmm. your video which again is what i'm basing this all mm-hmm. off of mm-hmm. you described microaggressions that were commonly used against you or yeah. even just as a joke quote yeah. unquote right yeah. um yeah. but how do you deal with that i'm sure i mean hopefully it's not as bad today but i'm sure it doesn't just go away randomly yeah, right no. just because you move states so how yeah. do you deal with that how did you deal with that as a kid and how does it work today well, i just like well i think like when i was a kid like you just don't know what to do because like you look back on it and you're like damn like that person said something that like probably wasn't okay <laughs> and it like you let it slide and like you laugh like you laughed and it's just like damn is it a laugh because you don't know what to do yeah or? yeah you don't know what to do when you're like seven eight years say eight nine years old and it's just like I, I just know that i'm uncomfortable in this situation but in most situations when people are uncomfortable they laugh like when you think about it yeah <laughs> um so i think when i was younger and it's it's sad but it's just something that you become numb to over time like it's just like okay like this is just a part of what that people do when they're around me in the same space as me or you know when they when they don't know me personally um and so i think from a very early age that that definitely me like not forced me i think i'm naturally this way but it made it easier to just keep a smaller circle uh, just of friends of mentors um you know and i think having that small circle is a reason why i'm in the position that i'm in now um to you know have had a you know relative like relatively successful you know career up to this point um you know it's no small feat being at a school like this and a part of a, a, a men's program like the one that i get to be a part of every day um but also like beyond that and the opportunities that i'm trying to sell set myself up with like beyond i think that's credit to having you know, a small circle and a focused process of just like, okay, like, is this person safe to be around? Like, are they going to say something that's like, like, <laughs> yeah. like foul, you know what I mean? And so like, and it's, and everything, right? It's like everything that I'm saying, it's like, damn, like, that's like sad, but it's like, and it it is, and you wish it weren't like that. But at the same time, it's just, it's like what you had to do. And it's what, like everybody, like it's not my, this isn't just me talking about myself at this point with the microaggressions and stuff and people like quote unquote dealing with it. Now you're opening up the floor to everybody. So like before when I said that like my way of like self-expression and my blackness is like specific to me and the way I express it like that is something that I know (laughs) is universal (laughs) you know like which part sorry just like having to deal with microaggressions and being uncomfortable um and having a certain way of um 
I guess, interacting socially yeah. because of um, of what you've experienced. You See, know? I asked again because I wasn't sure if you were referring to the small circle. Mm-hmm. But then when you said microaggressions, obviously I understand yeah, yeah, that's yeah, universal. Yeah, yeah. But what caught my eye right now, you said social interactions and how that's affected and how that's universal. Mm-hmm. Never thought about that. That's exactly why we're doing this, right? Yeah. We all need yeah. to learn. I had never thought about that. No, yeah, it's it's a part of the way you. It, it just becomes a part of the way you move. Yeah. Like, and, you know, it may be reflected. Oh, like, like Reese has a shell, or like Reese like doesn't like get like isn't open, or like, like you could use whatever like negative word. And some of it might be true. Like, I don't know. But I can assure you that a lot of it is because of the way, like, the the layers and layers and layers of kind of social boundaries (laughs) that I've I've had from a very, very early age. Um, And, you know, not everybody's thinking on that wavelength. So it's like you can't expect people to just know that. So you got to... You got to keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Uh, we mentioned how important it is to study history. Uh, I mm-hmm. introduced you to my f- uh, phrase about studying the greats to one day become one. Yeah. Throughout this time, throughout your childhood, up until right now, uh, have yeah. you looked up to someone to help you get past these obstacles? Maybe any microaggressions or mm-hmm. anything else that comes with that ugly side mm-hmm. to the U.S.'s history? No, I think... Uh that's a great question. Um, I think I think for me a lot a lot of it growing up like I didn't I didn't have any posters like in my room of anybody. Um, you know I always found my parents to be my biggest role models. Um, you know my dad's an ear nose and throat surgeon. My mom's a pediatrician by training, um, and now she's in biotech. Um, so again, like spaces that are uh, not. They don't. They don't see people that look like themselves when they go into work every day, um, and I think me just having that like within the house was like wow. Like I have two people right here that care for me and love me, that have done the work, and so it's like all right, those are the only two people that I need to look at. But I think over time, like people that I've looked up to, just trying to take bits and pieces of their character. So I think of, well, like LeBron first, right? My, my goat. <laughs> I know that might spark a debate. <laughs> um, LeBron for sure. Um, Ken Chenault, who's the former CEO of American Express. Um, Ken Frazier from Merck. Um, Robert Smith. Um, and... In the swim space, like, I've gotten to know a lot of these people, so now I consider them friends as opposed to, like, people that I looked up to. But I immediately think of Colin Jones, um, Maritza McClendon, who I've gotten to know recently, um, or in recent time, like, since 2020. Um, Simone Manuel, like, Natalie Hines, like, and as they get younger, like, they get closer to my age, so I consider them, like, kind of peers, people that I could text, you know, um, but when you're like eight, nine years old, like Colin Jones was definitely that for me, like for a lot of black kids that are coming up in the sport now. 
um, definitely starts with Colin. And um, again, like it's important to know your, your history. So there were many people before, you know, guys like Mike Norman, Atiba Wade, like people that you may not necessarily think about, like Sabir Muhammad, like great, like black swimmers, but Colin was definitely like kind of like the stalwart, at least in my in my mind and in, in my generation. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, and I think that the the best part about all of this is that, like you mentioned, obviously you're invited to do many events such as these and, and like just what black history means and things like that. But I think that the best part is you mentioned people you looked up to. Mm-hmm. And now you're that person for many people. And I'm not sure, like, to what degree you fully understand that because it's it's hard, you know, when you're in that position. But, like, like I said, people on campus know who you are, you know, and you represent... <laughs> cool. oh, it's, it, hey, it's the truth. It's the truth. Like, people know who you are and you represent a lot just by being yourself. Like, what you were saying about being unapologetically black, you pretty much said that you were just being yourself without... Yeah shying away from anything mm-hmm. and i think everybody sees that it's context again first time we've met in person yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this is the Very first cool. time you and yeah, i are yeah, meeting yeah. in person and i already knew this mm-hmm. just by seeing you from afar just by going to your meets things like that you know so i think it's amazing that you're doing this now and being that person for the next generation and with that being seen by me and by many because i mm-hmm. like people have people know this you know yeah what made you decide to do the uninterrupted dear america video oh man that's a powerful question that not a lot of people ask um so first thank you for asking good question um or good questions plural all of these have been good um, I've definitely had my experience with bad questions, uh, so this is refreshing. But <laughs> hey, that's good. That's good. But uh, man, like I did it for mental health. Wow, straight up. I was. I mean, you got to think about it. Like, I, it was COVID just started. Like, I was just a college kid focused on you know trying to survive online school. And swim fast, and a random day in May, it's just like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Like, what? Like, what? What just happened? And it's take, it took me months to figure out. Like, I didn't know. Like, you, and people expect you to just, like, know what to do at the drop of a hat. So, I, I like, Fernando, like, I was, like, I was I was bad. Like I was in a really bad mental state. Like by myself, like twenty five hundred miles away from my parents. Like very very isolated, very isolated, and continuing like to train as usual. So it's like I like I mean it was hard. Like I was in a and I was in a rough spot. So like when I got asked to be a part of the project through um, Leah Neal, who is another black uh, Olympian who's amazing. Love her. Um, But when they gave me the opportunity to do it, I simply, like, was like, all right, this may be good. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but it allowed me to spill my thoughts on a piece of paper or in my 
in my notes, like in my phone. Um, that probably came first, um, like on Blackout Tuesday. But again, like June 2nd, like that was the first time where I got to like spill like my thoughts. Um, and I'm all forgetting like the timeline because it like blurs together. But the Dear America piece definitely gave me another shot at like just simply writing things out, which I don't think we do a good enough job of just in our generation and like in general, like we don't, we don't write things down enough. Like we don't have notebooks. Like, yeah, it's one thing to like put in your phone, but like actually like the power of just like putting pencil to paper, I don't think people realize it. Um, and so like, I simply was just like spilling thoughts because I didn't really have many other people that I could talk to in that time that would understand like what I was talking about. Like besides my, you can only talk to your parents on the phone for like so many hours throughout the day and you can only (laughs) tell them so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I did it because I was in a, I needed to, I needed a release. (laughs) Like I was, I I was going to implode if I didn't have at least a space to get it on paper. Like, I didn't necessarily think I'd be called on, you know, for media purposes to do it. I didn't think it would get the response that it did, um, which was powerful and it was great. Um, But I simply needed to do it because I needed to get, like, my thoughts out of my head, quite honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Like, your first response to mental health was different. I mean, I didn't understand it. I did understand it. I wasn't expecting it, maybe. Um, but without explanation, you know, it makes complete sense. And mm-hmm. it's it's great that you got the chance to do that. And but, it, yeah. it also is important to realize that you didn't do it for the response. No. You you just said you did it because you wanted to release it. The response that I got was insane, yeah, you know? It was positive. Yeah. Um, it was positive. For, for those that would like to check out the video that we're referencing, the link will be in the description or whatever. Yeah. But I did take out a quote from you. Um, from that, which I believe is extremely powerful and the reason we are doing this. So I'm going to quote you right now. Mm -hmm. Quote, now I would tell my 10-year-old self, things will get better. Mm -hmm. Though you may not trust all those who talk to you now, your voice may become more powerful than you will ever imagine. Your perspective and your life might be known to many one day. Though it may be uncomfortable for you to walk this road now, the growth you make uh, you make down the line will benefit someone perhaps many end quote do you still believe that is that something that you think about frequently or what does that mean to you again um yeah it's like i forget that you forget that you even like say these things just because of just how like in your like head you are it's in in your head and it's journaled so you're just like letting go you're just letting and go. you just maybe say it but yeah. you don't realize that for someone like, like me saying, yeah, yeah for, for <laughs> someone like me i'm watching i'm like wow you just said that you know yeah. that's that's like yeah. a quote right there yeah no i and i would still say that um because like obviously like i i think racial tension has cooled a little bit at least it's not like 2020. Um, it's definitely not like 2020. <laughs> not anymore. Uh, thank God. <laughs> but, um, um, I would, I would still, I, I mean, obviously progress doesn't happen in two years. Um, you know, I think that was another 
part of the narrative that I tried to harp on, like, throughout um, that part of COVID was, like, this isn't going to change in a year, two years, five years. Like, it takes it takes a lifetime. Um, but I felt that, um, you know, that quote specifically is is in a way timeless um just because it does apply to anybody regardless of of skin color right like it could be it could be anybody yeah it could be anybody it could be 10 year old fernando right yes um and so that's that's i think what i i would want to get across now when i hear that quote again um is that it just doesn't have to apply to, you know, the 10-year-old kid that looked like me or that looks like me because I know they're out there. Um, it, could, it could apply to anybody. It could apply to little boys, little girls, any, anybody. Um, and I would, I would still encourage people to, like, just be themselves because um, there's a lot of power in that. And even if... You know, again, like not everybody's lucky enough to have like the two parents or two parents that love them, right? But I've got to imagine at some point, like you meet somebody where you at least get a glimpse of that they care, or at least I would hope that everybody in life has that at some point. Um, and I would just say, hold them close, <laughs> hold them close, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's powerful. Um, that is pretty much the conclusion for what I had in mind. And for those that may have asked themselves from the beginning or even with the title, which is going to be celebrating black excellence. Mm -hmm. Um, rarely do I know the title before I do the episode, but this was definitely the case. So fair. Why are you doing this special? Why is it on denting? It has nothing to do with what you usually do. Of course it does. We talked about studying the greats and you mentioned countless names. You talked about your parents and in the intro to every episode, I mm. say a line, um, obviously pre-recorded, but it's my purpose in life and in this project is to leave my dent in the universe and inspire others to do the same. I mm. do that by celebrating my guests and hopefully inspiring my listeners. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're celebrating you today, but I think that everyone can be inspired by your story because you took things from your parents and you're applying it to other people's lives and you're helping them get through it and to me that's Mm -hmm. what denting is is all about so i truly respect that i think that you're using your platform in an amazing way i think you're definitely leaving a dent in the universe um which is why you're here obviously (laughs) um but yeah i mean you're just inspiring others to do the same and like i told you keep doing your thing because we didn't know each other mm-hmm. up until very recently, mm-hmm. first time we're meeting. Yeah. But I know who Reese Whitley is. Mm-hmm. I know what you're about. I know what you represent. And that's extremely powerful. So yeah. I don't think you may understand how many people you're impacting, but you are. So keep doing that. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what the future has in store for you. Thank you, man. Um, great sit down. Um, you know, Spotify, come get this kid. Um, but no, nah, man, you ask really good questions. Um, and like I said, like, I don't, you know, after a certain point, like, reporters look the same. Yeah. <laughs> they ask the same questions. Um, which is honestly why, I, like, I don't do that much media anymore. Like, I, I just don't really 
I'm not really outside like that anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, this is a, an amazing sit down, bro. Like, thank you. Thank you for letting me be here. Anything we missed? No, nah, man. That's it. All good. All right. So for everyone, uh, this episode will come out in a few weeks. We're recording last weekend of January right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be working on a video. It will definitely be out by the time this is out. If mm-hmm. you haven't checked it out at the end of the YouTube video, the recommended video will be that one. If you're on Spotify, uh, there will be a link in the description um, for you guys to check it out. That will be super powerful. If you're thinking of a way to celebrate Black History Month, reset it. Be willing to learn. Uh, that's it. Have conversations. Read books. Read history. Anything? Anything else? Um, no, man. I think, I think I would be remiss if I didn't, like, mention a lot of people like within the Cal community. Um, that have been influential, um, like people like Bobby Thompson. Like I, I think about Bobby a lot. Um, I think about Dr. Ty, who was a great hire for the for the department. Um, I think of Coach Sharman Smith, very powerful person, um, who I've gotten to again learn about like over time. Um, you know, it's 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 definitely an honor to have like great people like in the immediate community around you um and mentors um to hold on to um but those are people who at least in the immediate community that i've taken inspiration from uh, over the past you know you know since freshman year with bobby um and the other two more recently but you know i definitely wouldn't be where i'm at and now like without having you know their their guidance and their word um out there yeah straight up Shout out to those three. I know them as well. Great people. Um, very helpful to to anyone. But what they represent as well is extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you had mentioned that about media beforehand, and you just mentioned it right now. So thank you so much for for taking a chance on on this. Yeah. Um, and although you're not that big of a fan of media, maybe <laughs> hopefully we can uh, do an actual yeah. just normal just episode. Um, I was waiting on the on inviting you until after this season because i mean there's still there's still some things that could be yeah, changed still uh, things to get to you know things that could go on the resume yeah sure. exactly exactly <laughs> still still a lot, a lot of room within these next uh two months now yeah um but yeah like i told you on that one facetime call the doors to this podcast are always open to you you're welcome anytime and hopefully we can do something to talk about your success and celebrate you and yeah. I mean, like we said, we're celebrating you and we didn't even get into your story that much. But for those that for some reason don't know who you are, like you said, he's studying business at a top business school, Haas School of Business, Mm -hmm. team NCAA champ, team Pac-12 champ, 14-time All-American, nine-time Pac-12 champ, Pac-12 freshman of the year, and three-time scholar All-American. So celebrating you right now, but hopefully we can celebrate you as a as a guest in a full episode sometime soon. Absolutely, man. I'd, I'd like that. Thank you so much for, for taking a chance on this. Thank you for this project. Can't wait to do the video. Mm-hmm. To everyone that watched on YouTube or listened on Spotify, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. I hope you learned as much as I did. This was super important. I think that it is necessary to build these bridges. You know, it's important to have these conversations between those that may not be experiencing the same things. So I encourage you to do the same. Uh, If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, please follow the podcast. That's it for today. I'll see you all next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. 
Make sure to subscribe to my podcast and follow me on my personal social media accounts for more. All at Fer Andrés. All links are in the description. If this episode inspired you in any way, please help me out by sharing it with a friend to help them leave their dent in the universe as well. That's it for today. I'll see you all next time.